Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. Well, hey, church, here we are another weekend after what we can only describe as a very, very peculiar week. This week has been filled with the announcement of extended lockdowns. Then we've had protests, riots, and just to throw something else in the mix, an earthquake. I don't know about you, but uh, the earthquake was happening. My first initial thought was, oh my goodness, is my washing machine out of balance? Then remembered I have a front loader, so you know that was a bit old school. My second thing was, do I have vertigo because the room's moving? And then my third thought was, no, no, this is an earthquake. Better go and check on the kids. Good to know I got to remembering the kids and the family at the end. So, But anyway, here we are again and we continue on in our Real Relationships series. It's been a great series so far. We're not done yet. A couple more weeks. Um, for us to just pull that apart. But I guess our heart and intent around this whole series has been to have some conversations that are not necessarily usually pulled apart within church. My topic today is love, sex and romance. Yes, I've used the sex word in church, so I hope I've got your attention. But it's about having those real conversations. You know, the world is always at us, talking to us, speaking to us, depicting what they think should be the narrative around these topics. But we, as a a whole heap of people, of Christ followers, uh, people that believe in the truth of the Bible, actually need to get a right narrative of what these things mean. The world speaks so loudly on so many topics. You know, I was thinking about um, the difference between the, um, the word of God and what the world says sometimes. And I guess my best description of the disparity between the two was counterfeit. You know, a counterfeit is a poor attempt to pass for something that it's not actually. In this case, in relation to love, sex and romance, the world would speak strongly on these topics. It's got very uh, direct uh, opinions about these things. But much of what the world says about these is contrary to what the Bible would say. Therefore, the world's view is a counterfeit of God's original intention. The world would have us believe that it dictates what is true. But when it comes to these things, it goes a long way off the truth of what the Bible shows us. So what does the Bible say? Well, I think we need to go all the way back to Genesis, actually, to see what it says. You know, God is love. We know we've heard that um, spoken about. We've read that in the Bible before. So we need his love to be the basis of all of our relationships. In 1 John 4 verse 8, But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. If God is love, but the world doesn't acknowledge God, then its basis of love is distorted from what God created and originally intended. And what did God intend when it comes to love? Well, this is where we're going to jump back into Genesis. Let's read from chapter 1. 
Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. You know, humanity comes into existence. Creation comes into existence. We know that God has always been and will always be. And for our human minds, it's so difficult to comprehend that um, there's not a, a start, a middle and the end when it comes to God. He has always been and he always will be. And here's, you know, as we read through the start of Genesis, you know, we read about God being there, the Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. And they have a conversation and they agree. Come on, let us make human beings in our image. The Trinity didn't need us. They're already perfect, complete and fulfilled within themselves. But out of the overflow of their love, they decided to create humans. Here comes Adam. He enters the scene. You know, we've heard it said before that we are not created to be alone. We were created for connection, community and love. So Adam's in the garden, surrounded by God, walking with God. You know, in a place that I can only imagine has incomprehensible beauty. Looking at what God's created and, and being in that environment. You know, Adam's naming all the animals. God's bringing them. Hey, I'm going to call that one a rhinoceros and that one a hippopotamus and that one a koala. But God felt there was still something missing. And he, God said that, he, that it's not good for man to be alone, that he needed a helper. We read on further in Genesis chapter 2. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out of at one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. We are built for connection. We are built for relationship with others. You know, the New, the New Testament continues on in Ecclesiastes, which would be in the Old Testament. Uh, but it says there, it says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. 
The challenge that we have living in the society that we do is that we need to learn to not settle for fabricated relationships, but to look for real relationships. The definition of fabrication is the act of inventing false information in order to deceive someone or the false information itself. Oftentimes, I think what the world does is actually sells us a fabrication that is a lie and counterfeit to what God actually intended. The basis of love, sex, romance is to be something that adds to relationships, not withdraws from it. Romance. You know, the movies are all about it. You know, there's not many movies these days that there's not some romantic part in my description of a romantic movie that is that is put together i'm not a huge lover of, of romantic memory uh, movies but it's usually boy meets girl sparks fly they fall in love they might have a fight and then make up and then they live happily ever after the reality of relationships is that they are far more complex and far more complicated than this I'm sure each of you could name a romantic movie. Now, don't judge me. I'm not saying I've, I've watched all these movies, um, but there's a whole heap of them that have been um, hits in the theatres when they came out. The Notebook. Come on, Ali and Noah. A little bit too soppy for me. What about the Titanic with Jack and Rose or Romeo and Juliet? What about Sleepless in Seattle? What about Up? Oh my goodness. You know, Carl and Ellie Fredrickson. Such a cute movie. Gone with the Wind. I've definitely not endured that one. Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You or Shrek. We've got Shrek the Ogre and Fiona the Princess and they fall in love. And I don't know how many of those Shrek movies there are now, but they're always there for some good entertainment, hey? But the world's depiction of romance and love is so distorted. Relationships are often messy because they involve imperfect people. The reality of a real relationship is one that takes time, takes effort, it takes compromise and sacrifice and forgiveness and work to make it work. It's not just sparks fly, fall in love and the rest is happily ever after. It takes intention. And when it comes to our relationships, you know, they say that we have um, three sorts of main relationships in our lifetimes. They would say that between um, three to five people you would have in relationship with you that are the closest relationships that you'll ever have. So these are people that know most things about us and they're deep and they're intimate. So it's three to five. 12 to 15, the next category is 12 to 15 people who we do life with. So these people don't know everything about us, but we like to hang out with them. We walk alongside each other. We invite each other around for dinner, you know, hang out, get to know each other, have some fun, that sort of thing. Then they would say we would have up to about 150 other people that would be classified in our lives as friends. Not necessarily knowing all the nitty gritties about us, but people that we hang out with, we enjoy spending time with. It's interesting to see that's, that's a lot of people in our lives. Why? Because we're made for relationship. 
The world continues uh, to attempt to sexualize so much around us. You know, all you've got to do is um, flick on um, the TV or jump on social media or jump in your car and drive down a freeway and see a billboard to see how sexualized our world has become. I hadn't actually realized how sexualized our world was until I became a mum. And then it's like my filter changed because I began to see from these little people who are not so little anymore. Charlie's well and truly taller than me now at 13 and Ollie's not far behind him. But, you know, it is everywhere. It's in TV shows. It's in billboards and ads and social media and reels that we play and and advertisers would say that sex sells and so it's all over the place. It can be everywhere that we look. But the sexualization of humanity diminishes the value and worth of people. This is what I'm talking about, that counterfeit. You know, God created us in his image, but the sexualization comes to diminish our worth and our value. For advertisers to use it as, a, as a, an ability to be able to sell more stuff actually diminishes our worth. All of us are deserving of love. Our challenge is to not go looking for it in unlovely places. Sex. You know, when it comes to sex, the world would say, if it feels good, do it. Just go with it. But you know what? God created sex to be enjoyed in the covenant of marriage in a safe place. God continually speaks to us through his word about the love that he has for us, the love and joy and, and, and the attention to detail he had when it came to making us. 1 Corinthians 13, love is large and incredibly patient. The Bible says that love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to somebody else. Love does not brag about one's achievements or in, uh, inflatuate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what's wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving this is the example that we get from the Bible, that love never stops loving, that God never stopped loving us so we would understand what it is to be loved. But when we choose to see ourselves and those around us through the filter of what the world depicts is acceptable when it comes to love, sex and romance, then there's this that happens and I guess my challenge to us today is this that we would change the filter of what we're looking for through and actually see it from God's perspective because God has demonstrated love to us further on in 1 Corinthians 13 
And until then, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. God is love and he is our ultimate relationship. The reality of a real relationship, as I said before, is that it takes time, it takes effort, it takes compromise, it takes sacrifice, and it takes work to make them happen. So my question today to you is this, what do you bring to your relationships? Come on, we need to be people who seek God and understand his love for us so that we can go and love others and that our love flows from a place of God so it comes with a truth and a realness about it. We've got to work on ourselves. We've got to learn and grow and adapt and change. And, you know, as people that are stubborn, And people that want to dig their heels in, they're some of the things that are really, really hard to do sometimes. But we've got to understand and gain knowledge about where our understanding of love, sex and romance comes from. As I said, the world is screaming at us all the time. This counterfeit, this counterfeit that says, go off and just do it with whoever you want to do it. But God says, no, I want you to have deep relationships that are intimate, that are safe places for those things to happen within. Romance is depicted in one way and, and, you know, we can be going along life sometimes and wonder when the reality of a relationship hits us and it's not like the movies have depicted it, what the heck is going on? But that's because the voice of the world has become so much louder in our lives than actually what God's word and his demonstration of what true love is in our lives. So today, whether you're single, separated, divorced, married, I don't know your story. I don't know what got to you to hear. I don't know how your story will continue, but I know this, that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords loves you. You know, don't ever allow the lie that you're not good enough or not deserving enough of love penetrate your heart because you are. And God has demonstrated that to us through so many examples in his word, but also when he sent his son. We actually don't need another person to complete us. We are enough because of who we are. You know, I'm so aware that sometimes the romantic side of relationships doesn't work out. Marriages start off being really good and then find a place where, where there's been some struggle and hard times. And sometimes that means that relationships fall apart to the point of divorce. I know what it's like to be a kid that experienced divorce. My parents separated and divorced when I was really young. Sometimes relationships don't work out. But that does not mean that you are not deserving and worthy of love. 
There is nothing the Bible says that can separate us from the love of God. So our challenge is to do this. We are to seek him, keep our eyes on him and allow him to keep working in and on us. None of us is perfect. Keep growing, learning, developing and becoming the very best version of yourself that you can be with God's help. Real relationships take work. Don't harden your heart because a relationship hasn't worked out. Don't shut yourself off because you've been so hurt. Go to God. Allow him to bring healing and restoration to your life and remind you yet again that you are so deserving of love. Come on, let's pray this morning. God, we thank you that you are our ultimate example of true love. And Lord, while the world might try and speak and dictate to us so much of what love, sex and relationships should be about, Lord, I pray and I thank you today that you've come with a reminder that we're to come back to basics and come back to your word and what your word shows and demonstrates to us time and time again. While we live in the world, Lord, let us not be so consumed with what the world is offering that we fall for a counterfeit or we fall for something that is far from what the reality is that you want us to experience. Lord, I pray right now for those that have got broken hearts from relationships that didn't turn out the way that they went. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and begin a work of healing in their lives. Lord, I pray that you would speak with truth to those people of how loved and adored that they are by you. God, that you would surround them with a group of people, of friends and community, Lord, that would be able to come alongside them to cheer them on as they go through their journey. But in everything, Lord, I pray that we would continue to change uh, our filter from just seeing things that the world screams at us and keep coming back to that simplicity of what your word says. You are love. God, you are the perfect example of love. And we want the basis of all of our relationships, our friendships, our romantic relationships, our, our family relationships, our workplace relationships to come from a place of purity of love because of the example that you have given us. Amen. Well, if you uh, need to reach out or you've got questions, maybe you need someone to journey a whole heap of stuff with you. Can I just encourage you that we are here? Please reach out. Let yourself be known. You can DM us. Uh, you can reach out through our website um, as well. There's a whole heap of email address there that you can connect with us. But I just pray you have a blessed week. You know, whatever circumstance that you are in right now, as a church, we are praying and believing for we know that situations can be really tough and so please know you are not alone we are here to love and support you and we really hope it's not too much longer before we get to see you again bless your church thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Brazil church in melbourne you can find out more about who we are online including service times and our live streams have a great week and we'll catch you next time